Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you this week to, again, revisit a topic from the past that is still very timely, and that is cap rates. And yeah, we still don't care. <laughs> Now, if you've been a listener to the podcast for a while or have participated in any of our other educational content, you'll have heard me say, we don't care about cap rates. And that's true. We still don't care about cap rates. Today, we're going to talk about what cap rates are, how to think about them, and why they're not the be-all, end-all that a lot of folks would have you believe. So that's this week. Thanks for joining us. If you have questions, you can email me, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And with that, let's go ahead and dive in. So cap rates, we don't care. We still don't care. Sounds a little flippant. And yeah, guilty as charged. What I mean by this, when I say we don't care, is a cap rate, one, is a, it's a mathematical contrivance that doesn't actually exist. There is no such thing as a cap rate. A cap rate is not like the 10-year treasury that you can go look and with a certainty Say, on this day, at that point in time, that's what the 10-year treasury rate was. There's no such thing like that when you talk about cap rates. It is conjured up. It's also an interesting way to look at things when many investments don't use cap rates or capitalization rates, which is the full term. They use multiples, earnings multiples. So let's talk about just what a cap rate is to start with. So a cap rate or a capitalization rate is the unlevered rate of return on an investment. Invest $10 million in a multifamily property. It generates $600,000 in net operating income. That is a six cap. 600,000 is 6% of $10 million. Might I make more money if I were to put uh, leverage on it so I didn't put the entire 10 million in. Sure. If I only put 5 million in and I borrowed the other five, I'd make more than six. I'd make 12%, but I'd also have debt service now and I'd subtract that out. And that would have my ultimate return be higher than the 6% cap rate, but it wouldn't be 12%. It wouldn't be double. We don't use a levered number, a leveraged number, because everybody's leverage is different. How much debt you chose to put on an asset, when you did that, therefore, what kind of interest rate you had, what terms you have associated with it. So if you want to compare one investment to another, you look at the unlevered rate of return, which is the cap rate. Now, if you are an investor in equities, you own some stocks, uh, you know, uh, maybe a Vanguard fund or something else like that, you're familiar with a term called an earnings ratio or a price to earnings ratio. Um, 
when I was first joining the investment game several decades ago, uh, that was a key element of how you determined the validity of the price for an investment. Was it overpriced or underpriced? Which is what a cap rate is trying to get at. It's trying to help you understand, are you paying the right amount of money for this NOI? But stocks don't use a cap rate. Uh, a stock doesn't say, well, if you pay uh, $10 for this stock, you're going to make 60 cents uh, in a year, uh, which is this 6% uh, return. It doesn't talk about it that way. What it says is the price to earnings ratio, there's earning of 60 cents per share is 166 Six, 16.7, which is a six cap. And how do you do that math? Well, it's it's easy. You just you just invert them, right? So on the example we've got, you've got a $10 million investment that generates six hundred thousand dollars in NOI. How much are you actually paying for each dollar of NOI? How much is each dollar of NOI worth? What is the price, how much it's worth, to the earnings, to the NOI? What is that multiple? And if you do the math on it, it's 16.6, 16.7. So every dollar of NOI is worth $16.67. If it was a five cap, it would be worth $20. If it was a four cap, it'd be worth $24. If it was a seven cap, it's just under $14. And so thinking about it as a earnings multiple, as an NOI multiple, I think is a better way to do that. Um, the cap rate is what you'll see in the industry. I think it becomes more tangible when we think about it as a multiple of the NOI. So that I'm thinking about one, if I'm going to buy a new asset, I'm buying the NOI. That's what I'm really buying. Yeah, there's a building that comes with it, but I'm buying a business that generates profits and I'm buying those, those operating profits, the NOI. It's also really helpful when you're thinking about doing a value add project. I'm going to do a value add project in which I'm going to add a dollar of NOI. If I add a dollar of NOI at a six cap, I've increased the value of the property by $16.67. So I think that's an easier way to think about it. All right. So that's a little about what it is and some of the math behind it. So who sets it? Where does it come from? Well, it doesn't come from anywhere. It's, it's the estimation, and yes, there's some places that calculate it. I'll talk about that in a moment. It's an estimation of what the current market activity is saying about the value of a dollar of NOI. So if in a given marketplace, there had been three transactions, and those transactions, when you averaged them out, had the buyer paying $16 and change for every dollar of NOI that was purchased, then you'd be able to say that market is at a six cap. 
but it's only three transactions when there are hundreds of assets in that marketplace. Those three transactions could have different prices for all sorts of different reasons, right? What if all three of those were fully improved assets in which there was no value add work to be done? You were simply going to be clipping coupons. Well, the price for those dollars of NOI is different than if it's an asset that has upside. Now, you might say, well, it shouldn't be. I agree with you, but it is. Why? Because if a seller is going to sell an asset in which there's some upside, they're going to expect to get a little bit of that kicked back to them by virtue of having a slightly higher price. And it's going to underwrite in such a way that you can afford to do that. In the last year, as an example, if you had three transactions over the course of the year, interest rates have been moving around significantly during that time frame. So while it's a six cap, when you average them all together, the very first one might have been a five cap and the last one could have been a seven. So it's not telling me the full story. Ultimately, it's it's simply a estimate of what the market thinks. And from that standpoint, there is value in reaching out in the community. And this is something we do on a regular basis. Uh, we talk to commercial brokers. We talk to the uh, lending folks to get an idea from them. What's that market look like right now? What are people paying for a dollar of NOI if the dollar of NOI looks like this? And we'll get a rough idea. It is not an actual number that you can say, oh, it's a 6.1 cap right now. That there's just not, that just doesn't exist. And so for that reason, we don't get overly worried about it. We kind of ignore it. What we do pay attention to is in our underwrite, how much are we paying? What's the purchase price that we're underwriting relative not only to the current NOI, but to what we're planning on doing with that asset. If an asset underwrites in a manner where we are being conservative with our inputs and we still achieve our return objectives with all the what-ifing that we do in our modeling, then we're going to be comfortable with that purchase price, regardless of what the cap rate is. When you look at a purchase cap in particular, not only do you have this vagueness of where the market's at, but a trailing 12 NOI, meaning the financials that a seller provides to a potential buyer that shows here's what the last 12 months looked like, is going to be different than what somebody else's T12 is going to look like if they owned the exact same asset because everyone manages assets a little differently and does the accounting a little differently. Some people may be more aggressive in terms of capitalizing activity, so there'd be less expense, less operating expense. You'd see less repairs and maintenance, less turnover expense. Others may look to expense everything they can get their hands on, so you'd see more expense. Someone might self-manage, and because they're self-managing, could be charging a higher or lower than market rate for the management fee that goes with that asset, the management fee that's in the operating expense calculation. 
all of those could move the NOI from 600,000 to 625 to 650 to 550. So if you're going to pay $10 million, what is the actual cap rate when you've got that much fluidity in the NOI number? Again, another reason why cap rates, while interesting, ultimately aren't a tool that are useful in terms of making decisions. Underwrites are. And having a solid underwrite that puts together the data necessary to make the assumptions that go into the other underwrite ultimately puts you in a position to determine what's the right price to pay. And most importantly, what's the not to exceed price? What's the number at which anything above this, this deal doesn't make sense anymore. And if you want to then take that number and divide it into what the seller said their NOI was for the last year, or what you might adjust that number to, you can do that and generate a number called a cap rate. And we do that because we have clients that say, well, what's the cap rate we're buying at? And we want to give them that data. And then we have this exact same conversation about making sure that we're keeping in mind what that really means, and more importantly, what it, what it doesn't mean. So are cap rates important? No, not really. I wouldn't worry a great deal about them. Are underwrites important? Absolutely. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where it's really critical. Now, having said that, if somebody wants $20 million for their $600,000 of NOI, which would be a three cap, I can tell right there that unless there's something really significant going on with their T12, meaning the NOI is drastically understated, that's not going to be a deal that works. So there's some extreme examples where a cap rate might just tell you, yeah, I'm not going to waste my time. But if it's an asset I have any legitimate interest in, we're going to underwrite it first. And that's going to help us understand what we may or may not want to do as we go forward. If you have questions about cap rates, I'm happy to answer them. Shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please join us next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.